0: Welcome to the Determined Truth Podcast. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Where we aim to explore questions of truth, the scriptures, and what it means for the church today. Here's your host, Rob Dalrymple. Today's podcast is from a sermon series I did on the Gospel of Luke. I hope you enjoy. Open them up to Luke chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 10. It's page 738, I believe it is, in the Pew Bibles. 738, as we talk about the issue of the Sabbath. In 2008, I was in Jerusalem with a group of students that I had taken over on a trip. Uh, And a friend of mine, one of my students and a good friend of mine, we had gone over on Friday night. If you're not aware, Friday night is the beginning of Sabbath uh, for the Jewish people. Sabbath is Saturday and it begins Friday night at sundown. So on Friday night, the Jews, uh, many of them will go over to the Wailing Wall in the city of Jerusalem and they have a fe- it's, a, it's a feast. It's a celebration. It's a festivity. It's a wonderful time. So we always, whenever I'm in, in, in Jerusalem, I always go over there on a Friday night, watch what's happening. And we were walking back about 9 o'clock to the place that we were staying through the city of Jerusalem. And as we were walking back to the place where we were staying, a man comes down the stairs. He was an American, and he comes, gentlemen, excuse me, excuse me, do you have a minute? And we said, sure, yeah, he said, can you come upstairs with me and turn my air conditioner on? We said, sure, no problem. So we go up the stairs with this guy, we have this great conversation, he happens to be an American from Los Angeles, he's a foot doctor, he moved to, uh, to, to Jerusalem about 20 years ago, he said Los Angeles is, is just not a place to raise a Jewish family, so he wanted to move to Jerusalem, raise his Jewish kids there, and uh, and what have you, but Um, The the problem that he had come across was the Sabbath festivities that were taking place at the Wailing Wall were going to come to his house next. Uh, The rabbi was coming over, all the students were coming over, they were all coming over and he forgot to turn the air conditioner on. The problem was it's the Sabbath and he can't turn it on now. So he needed, he, he, he should have done it earlier. The bottom line was he could have turned it on two hours earlier. He didn't do it. Now it's the Sabbath, and to turn this, the, uh, the air conditioner on would be to work. So he looks at us after about 20-minute conversation. He's like, look, guests are coming. He's like, it's up there. So we look up on top of the bookshelf, and there's a remote control. He says, it's that button. We push that button, turn his air conditioner on, walk out the door, and leave. If you're not aware, Jews believe that they cannot work on the Sabbath day. Uh, if you go, by the way, to modern day Israel, if you go to certain hotels, they have, have you ever heard of these Sabbath day elevators? you you've never heard of it. They stop at every floor. This is true, by the way. And in fact, if you're, you know, that what they do is they mark Sabbath day elevator so that way if you're not, you know, Jewish or Israeli, you know, don't take that elevator because if you're going to the 15th floor, it's stopping at every single floor. That way you don't have to push the button. Because to push the button to ask an elevator to stop could be constituted as work. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was, excuse me, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with the wonderful things that he was doing. The Old Testament has ten laws. We call them the Ten Commandments. Right? If you may have heard it, that there are 613 laws in the Old Testament, the answer is no, there's not. there's 10. The 613, quote unquote "laws are simply applications of the Ten Commandments. All right? For example, one of the Ten Commandments says, "Thou shalt not murder." Well, what happens if two men are fighting and they injure a woman who's pregnant and she gives birth to the child and the child dies? Is that murder? The Ten Commandment answers that. I'm sorry, the the, the Old Testament law says, yes, it's murder. See, how do we know what murder is and what's not murder? If I accidentally do this and do this and someone dies, is that murder? Well, no. But if I do this and do this, is that... So even though it says thou shalt not murder, what does thou shalt not murder mean? So when the law says thou shalt not work on the Sabbath day or honor the Sabbath day and rest from all your labors, what does work mean? And that's what the Jews in Jerusalem are trying to decide. Is turning your recognition on work? The answer for for them was, you could have done it two hours earlier. Just like this man in the synagogue says, you could have come yesterday and got healed, or you can come back tomorrow and get healed. Therefore, we won't do any healing today. So the Pharisees are the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the primary religious group that Jesus comes into conflict with. And the reason why Jesus comes into conflict with the Pharisees and not the Sadducees or other parties was because the Pharisees believed it was their duty to explain to the people what the law meant. We all know it says thou shalt not work, but what's work? And what's not work? And the Sadducees could care less about the people, but the Pharisees cared about the people. And because they were the ones who primarily oversaw the people, they're the ones Jesus comes into conflict with. So the Pharisees, if you're not aware, they had come up with 39 categories of work. 39 areas, for example, planting, and plowing, and reaping, and gathering, and cooking, uh, and shearing, and spinning, and, and, and tying, and sewing, and trapping, and um, um, scoring, and uh, writing, and uh, de- demolishing things, and starting a fire, and putting a fire, all these different categories of work. And then within each category of work, they had all these subsets. If you can't till the, sa- till the soil on the Sabbath day, then you can't, they actually said you can't spit. Because the spit would be to turn the soil. So if we say, Thou shalt not work on the Sabbath day and turning the soil, we'd all agree turn the soil is working because it's an agricultural community. So you can't turn the soil. Well, that means you can't spit. So they had all these categories and subcategories. By the way, when you see Jesus do miracles, like spitting on the, on the soil and wiping the mud on the man's eyes, and then telling the man to go walk a certain distance and wash his face in the pool of Siloam, he's telling that man to violate the Sabbath. I just violated it by spitting. You're going to violate by, by washing. And the pool I told you to go to is farther than a Sabbath day's journey. You're only allowed to walk a Sabbath day's journey. So Jesus is in t- in, 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 uh, um, intentionally subverting kind of this understanding of the Pharisees in terms of the Sabbath. So the passage begins, of course, Luke chapter 13. It was the Sabbath. And there was a woman who was there who had crippled for 18 years. She bent over. She couldn't straighten up. And Jesus saw her. He said, woman... You are free from your infirmity. He put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up. Woman, you're freed. You're released. But verse 14 says, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Now note, by the way, the synagogue official does not speak to Jesus. He's the one doing the work. The synagogue official said to the people, there are six days for work. You guys, he's not confronting Jesus. He's confronting the people. Come another day and be healed. Don't come, don't come today. Don't do it today. The synagogue official is alluding to, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verse 13. This is very important. Deuteronomy 5, 13. Six days you shall labor. And do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. But if you watch carefully, Jesus quotes the next verse. Deuteronomy chapter, uh, uh, well, Luke Luke 13, Jesus goes on to say, he's going to quote the next verse in Deuteronomy. Jesus says, you hypocrites, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, or your donkey, or any of your animals, nor your foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. The man quotes Deuteronomy 5.13, there are six days to work, and and the seventh is to rest. But the next verse says, it's also supposed to be a day of rest for your donkey and your oxen. The reality is, is your donkey and oxen are not going to die if they don't get led to water that day. You've got other days you can lead your donkey and your oxen out for watering, but yet you do it on the Sabbath day, Jesus says. You're hypocrites. You're leading donkeys and oxen out on the Sabbath day, even though the Sabbath day applies to donkeys and oxen, but yet you won't let this woman be freed on the Sabbath day. How come I can't free this woman? The key to understanding what's going on here is going to be, is Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus goes into a synagogue and says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Luke 4 is the context of Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus goes into a synagogue in Nazareth and he says, This is what I am about to do to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk again, and the captives will be set free. And this woman is a captive, and she's here to be set free. Can I do this on the Sabbath day? Is this work or not? And the answer is this is what the Sabbath is for to release the captives. Now, let's go a little bit further. What does this mean for us? Because this is one of the most common questions in Christianity, um, uh, amongst Christians. What is the Sabbath day? What does it mean? Am I obligated to follow it, or is it just an Old Testament law? Often Christians will say, Jesus Jesus fulfilled the law, it doesn't apply any longer. Folks, does thou shalt not murder apply? then does the honor of the Sabbath day apply? It's the Ten Commandments, folks. It doesn't simply go away with Jesus. It's fulfilled in Jesus. But fulfilled doesn't mean it goes away. Fulfilled means it finds its purpose in Jesus. And so we have to understand, what does it mean? Now what's interesting is, the stories I told at the beginning, the stories about the Sabbath day elevators, we kind of chuckle at that, and we scoff at it. Seriously? You can't push seven you have to stop at every single floor? Or this gentleman who couldn't push a button. By the way, I find that kind of, you know, a little bit interesting. He could walk down the stairs, come get us, walk back up the stairs and get us so that we could reach up there and grab a remote control and push a button. Grabbing the remote control and pushing a button would be less work than going up and down the stairs, would it not? So we kind of scoff at these people. And we think, "Oh, they're they're legalistic." Now, legalism means that you're more concerned with following the rules for the sake of following the rules, than you are with the intention or purpose of the rules. But here's the, the question I have, and that's this, who says that guy was legalistic? Who says a Jew going into a Sabbath day elevator is being legalistic? Maybe they really believe that pushing a button would be too much work, and they really truly want to obey God's commandment not to work on the Sabbath day. Maybe their heart's right. Maybe this man really believed that turning the air conditioner on was, was wrong because he could have done it two hours ago. And so he really wanted to be obedient to God and he's allowed to walk a Sabbath day's journey. So going up and down the stairs wasn't violating what his culture and his rabbis have told him is the, is the Ten Commandments. He's okay. Maybe his heart's right. So we scoff at these legalistic acts of following the rules for the sake of following the rules when maybe they aren't. And then what do we do? We don't follow the rules at all. So often many of us as Christians, we don't honor the Sabbath at all. We just work right through it. Well, maybe I'm gonna give two hours Sunday morning, I'll go to church. You're here unless you're listening online and then you're really guilty. (laughs) Because you're listening online because you didn't go to church this week. See, I think we struggle, a lot of us, to follow the Sabbath day. I'm gonna chuckle right now, by the way, because many of you know Friday is my Sabbath day. And I wrote the sermon on Friday. Um, I, ha- I, I, just, I was struggling with this message all week. It was, it was written weeks earlier. And Monday I go and review it, whatever. And I just thought, there's, I got, there's so much more I need to cover. Um, and, so I, and I knew I had a busy week, so Friday was the only day that I could actually sit down and kind of go through version 2 and then version 3. And so I rested yesterday. Don't worry about it. It's okay. See, by the way, as pastors, you know, Sabbath day being Sunday it doesn't work too well. All right. So here's the question. First point, and that's this. The Sabbath is pointing us to Christ. The Sabbath day is pointing us to Jesus. What does it mean to honor the Sabbath day and how do we recognize or or, or fulfill this in light of the New Testament? Colossians chapter 2 verses 16 and 17. Watch this carefully. Paul says to the church in Colossae, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. He's not saying it's it's passed away. He's saying it was pointing us to Jesus. All along, all the laws of the Old Testament, food laws, Sabbath keeping, um, celebrations, the Old Testament was pointing us to Jesus. All right, now we're going to unpack this a little bit more. The meaning and purpose of the Sabbath then is fulfilled in Jesus. Let me note a couple things. Number one, The idea of rest is patterned after God. The idea of a Sabbath rest is patterned after God. It comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all of His work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, He rested from all the work of creating that He had done. Resting then reminds us of God, who rested on the seventh day. And when you go to Exodus, and you see the uh, Exodus 20 is Exodus's version of the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5, Exodus 20, both places have the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, when it relates to the Ten Commandments, the the commandment of uh, honoring the seventh day, it says, because on the seventh day, God rested. We're to rest because that's the pattern that God established. That pattern does not go away then with Jesus. Rest is a part of the created order. It's the way God intended it to be. Six days of work, one day of rest. What does rest mean, then? What does it mean to rest, then? Sometimes we think, well, rest means sitting back, relaxing, and not doing anything. And the question becomes, is that what God did? On the seventh day, God sat back, rested, smoked a pipe, and just said, hey, all's well. Actually, the answer is no. John chapter 5, Jesus says, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and that is why I too am working. So, even though God's resting on the seventh day, and by the way, note from the book of Genesis, the seventh day has no end. In the book of Genesis, there was, there was evening and the morning the first day, evening and morning the second day. It never says there was evening and morning the seventh day. The seventh day never ends. The seventh day is still continuing of God's creation, God's still at his rest. But yet Jesus says, my father was always at his work. He's always working until now. Why? We know God's working. He does miracles. He's sustaining his creation. He speaks to us. He provides the son, the, 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 his son. Is the God is doing He's working from his labor of creating. But he's not ceasing all work. So the idea of ceasing from re- or resting on the Sabbath day doesn't mean to cease from all labor. After all, God continues to work. So maybe, and this is not going to be an absolute definition here. Maybe the Sabbath rest means to cease from labors that produce one's income or one's needs. Maybe that's the that's a starting point. Maybe the uh, my primary source of work is what I need to rest from one day a week, t- one 24-hour period a week. Right? Um, now let me go a little bit further. Now, second point. The first point is Sabbath is pattern after God. Second point. The Sabbath rest is a matter of justice. It's a matter of justice. If you look at the Ten Commandments, they were all formulated around the issues of justice, or primarily formulated around the issues of justice. Think of it this way. Who wants the workers to work seven days a week? The owner or the workers? The owner does. Who wants the workers to rest one day a week? The owner or the workers? The Sabbath was intended to forbid abuse of the labor force. God knows in, the, in almost every economy, in almost every single governmental system, the laws are made by the elite. The laws are made by those in power. The laws are made by the owners. And in God's law, it's meant to protect then the, the class, the, the masses. You will only work them six days. You must Give them a day off. The Sabbath principle is a matter of justice. And By the way, and now let me know, go one step further. We sang the song, we're no longer a slave to fear. All right? And the idea of a Sabbath rest is directly associated with slavery. Deuteronomy 5.13, the synagogue official quotes it and says, You have six days to work. You can come back another day uh, uh, and get healed. The Sabbath day is for rest. Deuteronomy 5.14, Jesus quotes it and says, wait a minute, it applies to animals and oxen and cattle as well. Deuteronomy 5.15, the very next verse. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was given to people who formerly were slaves who didn't get a day off. Pharaoh made them make extra bricks if necessary on the Sabbath. They they had no day of rest. It is designed to create a world of justice or to oppose injustice. This is why Jesus says in Mark 2.27, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, this is a difficult verse. It's kind of confusing. What does that mean? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the answer is, the Sabbath was made to protect people from being exploited. It's a justice issue. It was made for man. We're going to give these people a day of rest so that they will not be exploited. Luke chapter 13, again then, Jesus says, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Note the language of set free, no longer a slave. Slavery and injustice is what the Ten Commandments were meant to overcome, including the provision of the Sabbath. All right, let me give one more point. Well, I'm going to say one more, but I got like 10 more pages of notes, so we're going to see how long that goes. Uh, next rest is also a holy act. Rest is a holy act. Genesis 2 again, verse 3. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God blessed it. Some translations say, God blessed it and, and sanctified it. Uh, the NIV says God made it holy. To make holy means to set it apart. To, to set something apart is sacred. Man does not bless the Sabbath day. God already did. Man simply recognizes it when we rest on it. The day's holy. You can't work on it. It's holy. This is not optional. This is not, oh, this is Old Testament stuff that Jesus did away with. No, this is simply designed to create a world of justice. And Jesus said, I'm here to bring righteousness and justice to this world. He didn't demolish the Old Testament law. He fulfilled it. Why? Because in Jesus we are set free. That's the whole point of it. The setting free comes in Jesus. And now what do we do? We recognize on the Sabbath that we are set free. To not celebrate the Sabbath is to say, I'm not saved. Does that make sense? To say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. And then I work on the Sabbath saying, I'm not saved, I'm not saved, I'm not saved. To work, to rest on the Sabbath day is to acknowledge it's a holy day. And it signifies the fact that I am saved. I am set free. It's similar to communion. Communion reminds us, by the way, of what's coming. Uh, Of the fact that someday we're going to eat at his banquet table and we'll never hunger any longer. So, also, the Sabbath rest reminds us of what's coming a day when our labors will not be hindered by weeds and thorns or by evil owners. It's a Sabbath, it's a holy day, it's a day of rest. The Sabbath is a weekly reminder that God is in control. Next question. Oh, all right, I'm, I'm looking at my slides and I can't read them very well. I'm going to skip over those. Well, I need my glasses now. All right. Here, uh, here, these are the three fill in the blanks. Is that right? Uh, on, on the outline. All right. The question is, why should we rest? And Number one, it reminds us of the eternal rest awaiting us. Number one, it reminds us of the eternal rest awaiting us. Just as communion reminds us of the heavenly banquet, so also celebrating the Sabbath reminds us of the heavenly rest awaiting us. In Hebrews 4, and I don't have time to go into it this morning, Hebrews 4 says there is a rest waiting for God's people. That's okay? a future rest, a Sabbath rest. Number two, the Sabbath helps us stay tuned to hear God's voice. Again, note the Sabbath day is holy. Since it's holy... It's a day of setting apart, not simply from work, but also for God. And that's why I think Sunday is the best day we can celebrate the Sabbath, because it's the day of God's people gathering together. So some people have to work on Sundays, then you need to celebrate your Sabbath on another day. But you're already at a detriment, because it's hard to make that day of rest holy when you can't gather together with other, with other people of God. So maybe your Sabbath is Wednesday, and you go to a Wednesday night Bible study, or Tuesday, or Monday, and you go to a Monday night class. We need to gather together with God's people as part of the holy aspect of it. And in doing so, we can be tuned to hear God's voice. All right. Thirdly, however, interestingly enough, the Sabbath, uh, practicing a day of rest, actually makes us more productive. Right. And we won't be able to go down all those uh, streams today. But the fact this uh, uh, modern scientific, modern investigation says... We are more productive when we work six days than when we work seven, and we're actually more productive when we work six days than we are five as well. Makes us more productive. Now, we could go on. Sabbath is good for our health. Uh, do a Google search, by the way, on health problems caused by, not, by anxiety or health problems caused by not resting. It, it, it's just all over the all, all world. Uh, All over the web. Uh, uh, Resting reduces heart disease. It boosts the immune system. It makes us more productive at work. It it improves short-term memory. Less stress, less anger, less frustration. Uh, The benefits of a Sabbath rest, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, are simply grand. And we do ourselves an injustice if we don't practice a Sabbath. Now, how do we practice a Sabbath? Sabbath. Let me give a couple thoughts. Number one, set aside 24 hours each week to cease from labor or work. And I don't know what that means for you. And I can't say what it means for you. Maybe if we start with a simple definition I gave and that's work is what I do to produce income or to produce a living. Now, some of you that are retired, that's fine. You still need a Sabbath rest of a day that's set apart spiritually for the Lord. All right? But if I stop and say, right, th- there's an old saying and that is this. Those who work with their minds should Sabbath with their hands. Those who work with their hands should Sabbath with their heads. See, I I get out on the Sabbath day and I like to do yard work. I I need to get out there and do physical activities and I, I need to keep myself busy even throughout the week with it. So for me to mow the lawn, I don't think I'm violating the Sabbath day at all. But for you, if you labor all day long during the week, maybe you shouldn't, you know, maybe it is restful for you. Maybe it isn't. Is it rest for you is another way of defining that. Number two, we should spend time in prayer, studying the Word and in community with God's people. Meaning that Sunday is probably the best day. Recognizing the holiness of the day. Now here's the reality. We struggle with these things because we are intensely busy people. We live in a culture that prides itself on busyness. We are the only culture, by the way, in the entire uh, um, uh, um, uh, industrialized world that does not give extended vacations for having children, extended vacations for. Uh, you, you compare the US and our work to the world, and we're way behind. We don't value rest, we value labor. But we often value labor. Because we're striving for prosperity. And that may not be the only reason why, but that often is the reason why. And if we are doing that, and I I don't have time to rest, I don't have time to have a Sabbath, I don't have time to go to church, I don't have time to, to study the Bible, then I simply say we have our priorities out of whack. Because if we recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we also recognize that Jesus Christ as Lord will provide for all of our needs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this. The reminder that you have come to set us free. To set us free from our anxiety. To set us free from our stress and from our worries. From all of our pursuits that bring about anxiety and stress and worries. That contributes to our health issues, our tiredness, maybe our anger and frustration with our family members or our kids because I haven't had enough rest. And in Jesus, the fulfillment has begun. You've come to set the captives free. And celebrating a Sabbath is a reminder for us that you have come to set the captives free. And that someday we'll be free indeed in your eternal kingdom. And we thank you for that reminder each week. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be honored and pleased. Help us, Lord, to sit down and prioritize our lives so that we can get away from the things that keep us entangled, that keep us from not celebrating a Sabbath. Whether it's something we have to give up or something we have to minimize, even if it's at the risk of my job or our jobs. Help us to put Christ first. And in doing so, to recognize that a Sabbath rest, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it may be, is what you've called us to do. And on that Sabbath rest, help us to gather together as God's people. Help us to spend time in the Word and to be refreshed. We thank you for your mercy and for your grace and for the coming of your kingdom that you have set us free from all that enslaves us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information on the Determined Truth podcast, you can find us on iTunes. You can follow Rob's blog at determinedtruth.com or purchase his books on amazon.com see you next time